Well, hello, you, and welcome back to the Straight A Nursing Podcast. This is episode 213, and today we're talking about five key ways that you can stand out as a new graduate nurse who's out there in the job market and you want to make an amazing impression because you're trying to land your dream job. So, We're going to be talking all about those things. I have a really awesome guest for you to hear from as we get further into these five elements. So I'm really excited about that. So thank you in advance to Amanda from the Resume Rx. And I also want to thank HCA Healthcare for their amazing sponsorship of this episode and many others of the Straight A Nursing Podcast. They have an awesome new grad residency program that I want you guys to check out, and I'll be talking more about that in a bit as well. You can go to episode 205 if you really want to take like a deep dive into nurse residency programs, and then I'll be giving you some information about HCA specifically in a little bit. Okay, so before we dive into the episode, one more quick thing. I have to take a minute for my shout out to my San fam. And this one I think came through on Apple Podcasts. So it's not the person's name, but it's like their Apple iTunes name, I think. And it's Country Back Road. So um, that just sounds peaceful and relaxing, to be honest. So this person wrote, when I first subscribed this podcast, I went through multiple episodes. I was so enticed. The next day I was listening before work. And when I got to work, coincidentally, I had a patient with the same problem that was being described in the podcast. I was way ahead of the game. Thank you, Nurse Mo, for everything that you do. So I love that. I love that when that happens. I've heard that more than once for sure. And A lot of times, you guys, the things I choose to talk about on the podcast, it's because maybe I had a patient with this condition and I realized I want to learn more about that. And so that's how a lot of the episodes come to be so that you can listen and then go to clinical, go to work, take an exam, be in sim lab, whatever, and see a condition that I talk about and be a little bit ahead is really, really cool. Now, of course, you're always following your hospital's policies, your hospital's procedures, your school's protocols and procedures, of course, but it is nice to have that little bit of a leg up. So thank you so much to Country Back Road for taking the time to write that in. And if you subscribe to the podcast, if you haven't yet, when you do that, it's really great because the episodes show up automatically for you every Thursday. You don't have to go hunting for them. It's right there, the latest episode. So take a minute before we move on, subscribe, follow, whatever it is in your podcast player. Okay, so five ways to stand out as that brand new nurse who's graduated and is out there job hunting. And you know what? You could take, while this is geared toward that brand new nurse, you could take a lot of this if you are an experienced nurse going back out into the job market. You know, you'll have to tweak what I say slightly because I am speaking very specifically to the new grad, but there's a ton of advice in here that would apply to you also. So if you're graduating soon, recently graduated, you're definitely thinking about that next step, right? That next step of finding that new grad RN position or that new grad LPN position. So here are some ways that you can stand out from the crowd as you go through this process of landing your dream job. So the first one is not something that you will always see advised or done, and that's why I think it helps you stand out. So doing this step would be most beneficial if you've got a competitive job market, a competitive residency program that you're trying to get into, something like that, and that is having a nursing portfolio. So a nursing portfolio showcases your credentials, your accomplishments beyond what is typically just able to be included in a resume. A portfolio can give an employer, a hiring manager, an HR representative, somebody like that, a more robust picture of who you are, You can use it to validate your credentials, your accomplishments, all those things that you list on your resume. And it showcases your dedication to continued career 
growth. It's also a really great way to keep your important records organized so that you have them readily accessible when that dream job posting comes along. So even if you're not using it as a job prospecting tool, something to send to a hiring manager or take with you to an interview, keeping one up to date is just really good practice so that you always have your most recent updated information ready to go. So what do you include in a nursing portfolio? Well, you can include things like your resume and cover letter, and we're going to talk about those more later on with an amazing guest, so definitely stick around for that. Your statement of nursing philosophy. This showcases your passion, your commitment to the profession, all of those things that really say This is why I am so passionate about nursing, patient advocacy, patient care, et cetera. Your certifications, such as ACLS, maybe you've got your NRP or your PALS, all those things. And then specialty certifications, which could include things like CCRN, that would be for that continuing nurse, or WOCN, things like that. You would also include significant CEU certificates directly related to the position you are seeking, such as maybe you took an EKG uh, monitoring course or EKG interpretation course. Maybe you've taken the whole NIH stroke scale training or an IV infusion class, something, something like that could be really helpful to have in your portfolio. Transcripts from your nursing school dean's list, certificates, all those things that show how dedicated you are to your studies, letters of recommendation from nursing school faculty and preceptors are also really great, and performance evaluations from clinical instructors. This is really great if you have no experience, you never had a job in healthcare, but if your clinical instructor praises your exemplary performance, then that can go a long way. A list of competencies and skills, especially if you're more advanced and you've got skills like ECMO, LVAD, intraortic balloon pumps, CRRT, things like that. And then letters of appreciation from patients and family members. These are huge. If you ever get a letter of appreciation from a patient or a family member, you wrap that thing in bubble wrap, frame it, put it in a safe deposit box. That is really great, especially if you go to apply to the hospital where this encounter occurred. I know of a nurse that got a job in exactly that way. Documentation related to your volunteer activities, your academic organizations like NSNA, and honor societies such as Sigma Theta Tau, and then any awards received during your education or your career. So lots of things that you can include in a nursing portfolio, and I hope you didn't stop and pull over driving to write all of that down because there is a blog post, blog article associated with this episode where all of this is written out for you. So you might be thinking, well, how do I format a nursing portfolio? Like, what does it look like? So you want to create a hard copy of your nursing portfolio so that the originals you've got all in one place. However, many employers may request all your documentation be sent electronically. So you want to scan those things in, have digital version as well. The nice thing about having a digital version is that you can easily print copies and take them with you to panel interviews without risking losing your very important originals. You can also, you know, you could even use like a design program, Canva. I love Canva, C-A-N-V-A, canva.com. Make a digital, well-laid-out, thoughtfully designed version in that by scanning in your documents. You upload them into Canva. It's super easy to use and you can make a nice looking nursing portfolio in that way. And you wouldn't even have to, um, you know, bother going onto Fiverr and hiring somebody to make it look really professional. So nursing portfolio, I definitely did this when I was a new grad. I think a handful of people did. Most people did not, which was surprising because when I graduated and was job hunting, the job market was fiercely competitive. And, you know, anything that I could do to stand out, I was definitely going to do. So that's number one way to stand out as that new grad nurse who's out there looking for a job. Make yourself a nursing portfolio. 
Now, number two is to present yourself professionally. Now, while I went back and forth on this one, you wouldn't think it has to be said, but I've heard enough stories from hiring managers to know, yeah, it does have to be said. And, you know, simply a lot, maybe you just have never had a professional job interview before. A lot of people go high school, college, nursing job, right? Um, Have never had that kind of an interview environment. So we are going to talk about it. So when it comes to going and having that interview or, you know, even if you're just at a networking event, definitely wanting to present yourself in a very professional manner. This means if you're at that interview, showing up on time and not just right when it starts, but I would give yourself some time to get there, make sure you know where to park. Most hospital campuses are pretty darn big. So what I would do, this is what I would do, but I'm a planner, is I would do a dry run, you know, a day or two before. Go there, park my car, find the a actual physical location of the place where the interview is happening. I'm not saying walk in and, you know, interrupt anybody, but go down that hallway, be like, okay, that is the room, the conference room where our meeting is, or that's where the recruiter told me to meet her. Okay, I got it. It's going to take me 20 minutes to walk from my car to this spot. Good thing I checked because I wouldn't have given myself enough time. So showing up on time, Give yourself plenty of time to park, plenty of time to walk across campus. You definitely don't want to show up late, okay? Try to show up five to 10 minutes before the stated time. So that's one part of it, showing up on time. Bring a copy of your resume and your really cool nursing portfolio. So of course, yes, the hiring manager has seen your resume, but maybe they pull other people in to the interview who haven't, or maybe looked at it several days ago, don't have a copy in front of them. So bring enough copies to go around for everyone who's going to be present, okay? And you can carry those in a very simple, like black leather pad folio, which is just a very simple um, professional way to carry business papers. So you can get one on Amazon for under $20. So pad folios, you know, it's a great way to carry your resume, copies, a pen, business cards, and even a notepad. You might want to jot some things down. You never know. And then the other item about presenting yourself professionally is in your dress. No, this does not mean wearing a suit to an interview. Probably overkill for most nursing jobs to wear like a full-on suit, but you're not wearing your scrubs either, okay? Um, Probably the dressier end of business casual is going to hit the mark pretty well. For men, this is slacks, shirt, and tie for the most part. For ladies, a button-down blouse with slacks or skirt is a very safe combination typically, and not a short skirt, a below-the-knee skirt. And I've got some examples. There is that, again, all of this is written out in a blog article. I've got a, a some examples there that you can click through and see some examples of what to wear and then some don't wear examples as well. Okay, so that was number two, present yourself professionally. Number three is to ask really good and thoughtful questions. Questions. Now, this is a spot where I get a lot of questions from students saying, I've got an interview and I don't know what to ask them. Um, And if you're like me, when you're in the moment and feel on the spot, your brain cannot think of any (laughs) anything. So it's always good to have some questions ahead of time. And you could even jot those down on the notepad in your pad folio as well. So in addition to preparing for your interview by anticipating what they might ask you, you want to show your interest, your thoughtfulness by asking some questions of your own. And don't just ask questions to ask questions, but genuinely be interested in what their answers are. So what you want to know is obviously going to be specific to you, but here are some good questions to have at the ready, especially if you're like me and you you freeze when someone asks you or when you're expected to ask questions. So one is, How long is new grad orientation and how is it structured? 
If you're a new grad going into a brand new position where they are going to be orienting you, you want to know what the answer to this question is. Guarantee it. You could also ask, how do you match preceptors with new nurses? Will I have one main preceptor or will I have multiple preceptors? You could also ask about, maybe not in the first interview, but as you're getting closer to an interview or an interview where a job offer is made, what are the requirements for call shifts, holidays, weekends, all of that nitty gritty kind of stuff. Another great question is, what qualities make a nurse successful in this environment? See what they say. And then asking about their model of nursing. Do they utilize primary nursing or team nursing? They will probably have already mentioned this if um, they use team nursing, which is not nearly as common. Um, Most places, the default is primary nursing. You could, if you get into a conversation about what the unit is like, what the director of the unit is proud of, you could ask, what quality improvement initiatives is this unit working on? That can give you an idea of their culture of patient safety and um, the fact that they're actively working on quality improvement initiatives. That means they're taking, you know, usually they're taking a team approach. They're having nurses work on QI committees and everyone is involved in the goal of improving patient outcomes. You could simply ask, how would you describe the culture of this unit? Maybe you just want to get a feel for what is it like to work here. Um, If you don't already know what types of patients, you could definitely ask that. What types of patients would I be caring for in this department if it's not very clear? You know, obviously, if it's postpartum, you know you're going to be taking care of newly delivered moms and babies, right? But if it's not really clear or you're doing a phone interview and maybe you're talking to a recruiter and it's just a very generalized interview, yeah, you want to definitely know that. And then another great question to ask is the skill level mix. What is the skill level mix of your current staff? Basically, you want to know, are there enough experienced nurses available to teach and mentor a new higher. You wouldn't necessarily want to walk into a unit where 80 to 90% of the staff is new because it's going to be really hard to grow in that environment when you don't have really experienced nurses kind of leading the way. Another fabulous question is, what do people like most about working here? And if it's a great place to work, they'll have a quick, easy answer for that one. If they aren't sure, then maybe the unit culture isn't so great. And then you could always ask, what opportunities are available for professional development? This shows you have a commitment to furthering your career. You know, this could be things like, well, maybe they have specific uh, leadership pathways at that facility. Maybe they have QI committees, like I mentioned before, journal clubs, um, tuition reimbursement for going back to school and getting an advanced degree. There could be a lot of opportunities for professional development. They may have programs where you can shadow nurses in other units and learn about other areas or cross-train in other areas just to keep yourself engaged and excited and growing. So all good questions to ask about um, the unit, the patients, the culture, the goals, the position, any of those things you can ask in your interview. As a new nurse, there is so much to learn. When I first graduated and started in the ICU, I remember information coming at me constantly in so many ways, and I didn't want to miss a single bit of it. So I carried around a little notebook that I would just jot things down as I learned them throughout every shift. And I still have that notebook. And I tell you, it is absolutely full of gems. And this was on top of the giant binder of things I had to learn as well, because there really is just a lot to learn when you're transitioning into practice, which is why the nurse residency program with HCA Healthcare is such a great opportunity. HCA Healthcare's nurse residency program is designed to set up newly graduated nurses for success with benefits like access to company-wide clinical education programs, 
clear career pathways to help you reach your goals, student loan assistance and tuition reimbursement, 401k matching, and so much more. The year-long program is the best place to build a foundation for your career. With HCA Healthcare, you get hands-on clinical experience while developing your critical thinking skills. Plus, you'll have support from a community of caring, experienced nurses and fellow nurse residents. For all of you upcoming and recent grads, I highly recommend checking out the Nurse Residency Program at HCA Healthcare. Learn more today at careers.hcahealthcare.com slash residency. Again, that's careers.hcahealthcare.com slash residency. HCA Healthcare, an equal opportunity employer. So the next thing to talk about is the resume. So to do that, I have a surprise special guest, Amanda Gorneri. Amanda is great. She's a nurse practitioner and founder of the Resume RX. And that's an online platform that she runs that helps nursing professionals find land and love their dream jobs. Amanda is a graduate of the Yale School of Nursing and worked in emergency medicine for many years before following her passion of helping other nurses land those dream jobs by taking the Resume Rx to her full-time thing back in 2020. So she's really good at what she does, and I was so excited to get a chance to talk with her about crafting your resume, especially if you're that brand new student who may not have a lot of experience. So let's dive into that interview. Okay, so Amanda, thank you so much for joining me. I am so happy to have a resume and cover letter expert on the podcast. So everybody, this is Amanda Gordonieri, and she is the founder, CEO, boss babe, lady in charge over at Resume Rx, and she's going to share some great tips for you about resumes and cover letters. So Thank you again, Amanda. And I think the first question I want to ask, I have so many, I pulled my Facebook group, got some questions from students about to graduate or recently graduated who are looking for jobs. And they're really struggling with this component of this process because they don't teach it in nursing school. Um, They barely tell you how to get your license uh, exam set up. So that doesn't surprise me. So let's first talk about when you're looking at building your resume, can you describe the difference uh, between like a functional style resume and a chronological style resume? Because I think there might be benefits to doing either kind. Sure. So first of all, thank you so much for having me. I know that resumes, cover letters, not really the most exciting topic. We don't really get super over the moon about them, but bottom line is we we need them, right? So to answer your question, there are two different main types of resume formats that most people tend to use. The first is a chronological format format, and it's actually reverse chronological. So what that means is that you would include your most recent experience first and simply list your experiences going back in time in reverse chronological format. That is most common if you have any sort of work experience that's relevant to your your next goal that has been recent that you want to feature. The majority of people tend to use this format. Okay. The other format that is also common, a little less common, but has a a great purpose is what's called a functional resume format. And what this does is it splits things up and focuses on some core skills or core talents rather than highlighting a reverse chronological format. And this type of format may be good for somebody who has a previous career in a different field. And rather than simply listing jobs in reverse order, they would rather focus on what core skills they're uh, highlighting from that previous career. So those are the two main formats that most people use. Okay. Yeah, that's great. I used a functional style when I applied because I had a prior career in advertising. I was a writer completely different field than nursing, but I was able to pull 
kind of key skills out of that and put that into my resume. So what would be, can you speak like in general terms, what those might be and see if anybody listening could, you know, like light some inspiration for them to go, oh yeah, I did do, um, you know, I did exercise my customer service skills or my communication skills or my problem solving or whatever. What would those be? Yeah, definitely. So I think we want to think about what sort of skills might be transferable to nursing. Okay. So like you already mentioned, customer service is definitely a a top one. Task prioritization, organization and planning, critical thinking, anything that involves, you know, stress or under, under pressure type, type thinking or things that require a certain process or quality improvement. These are all things that, you know, someone might have in a previous career that we're going to extrapolate and and showcase on Mm -hmm. our nursing resume, as opposed to something like if someone was a zookeeper, they Mm -hmm. might not feature, you know, their particular animal, uh, animal skills, but they might focus more on how they dealt with customers or how they um, followed a particular plan. So we always okay. want to be thinking through that nursing lens. Like how like what, you think like a nurse. Exactly. What, a nurse what am I taking with me to nursing? I thought, I thought of another one. Um, would assessment, identifying problems. Absolutely. I feel like that would be really bad because that's. I feel like that's all I do at work is look for problems and figure out what I'm going to do about it. <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I think that's fantastic. I got a lot of questions from students. Um, one student asked, I have been a uh, work from home mom, stay at home mom, has no prior, any experience, no other jobs. This is going to be the first job really that they've ever applied for, what would you say to that person? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who their kids are, you know, going to school or maybe graduating and out of the house. And now mom gets a chance to realize her dream. What would you say to that person to give them the best tip for constructing their resume? I love this question, mainly because I love moms. I I am a mom (laughs) myself. I've got three little kids, so I, I know what that's like. I would say there are two options for for this person. The first option is to really lean on nursing school experience. Okay. And what I mean there is include your clinical rotations and write about your performance and your interest during those clinical rotations, almost as if that's your job history. Yeah. Uh, And include any other extra things that you did in nursing school. You know, maybe you were involved as you know, a volunteer or in a, in a project or on student government, or if you had any of those other things, those would be great things to include. So that's the first option is really highlighting what happened in nursing school, because that is experience of some kind. The other option, uh, particularly for a parent or a caregiver would be to summarize the multitude of skills that you have being a caregiver that you are taking into nursing. And, you know, I think that's not really talked about a ton, but I'll tell you what, I became a tremendously better nurse after I became a parent just because of the caregiving skills involved. So that may or may not be relevant in this situation, depending on what this person wants to include, but that is certainly something that can be done, can be done well. And essentially you would include that like a job experience, uh, but rather than, you know, having defined dates or a role, you know, Mm -hmm. you would say home caretaker or stay at home parent or however you want to phrase it and summarize again, those transferable skills that you're taking from that experience into the nursing field. I love that. I I think putting on your resume, I went through nursing school with kids should be considered (laughs) like you can do anything, right? Absolutely. One of the key things that's kind of happening right now with how the COVID pandemic kind of disrupted nursing education so drastically is people are graduating right now that didn't get a lot of clinical experience. So how can they, I guess, kind of, I don't know, if you don't have a lot of clinical experience to put on your resume, how would you beef up that section when you missed out on so much? Yeah. I think from what I've seen for for those people who that's that's the case mm-hmm. there has been an alternative path in order to even have you eligible to graduate and sit for your boards right so that could look like simulation or other sorts of 
other sorts of activities. And I think that it's still okay to include that. And, and, you know, for, for those who have had their education disrupted by COVID, I recommend that you include that on your resume. You know, you can say this rotation was done, you know, alternatively or via simulation Mm -hmm. or in a different way due to COVID restrictions. And I think if anything, you know, the past two years has made the environment a little bit more forgiving of extenuating and unpredictable circumstances. Absolutely. And there's a way to then kind of craft that as part of your story when you're interviewing, for example. You know, if someone says to you, gosh, you really don't have a lot of in-person clinical experience because of COVID, you could then say, you know, yes, this really taught me to think creatively and to adapt to Mm -hmm. a different unexpected situation, which, which is how is what nurses do. Exactly. Every day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic, fantastic advice. So, okay. So here's another question. Just talking about that clinical experience, somebody had asked if they're a newer nurse, let's say they've been working for eight months, but they're ready to kind of switch and maybe find another job. So they're still pretty new. Would you still advise them to keep their clinical experience on their resume since they don't have a lot of actual work experience yet? I think it depends on on the person. Mm-hmm. It depends on what they may have had before school. So for example, someone who has healthcare related work experience might be able to take those clinical rotations off sooner. Yes. The, the time frame that I usually say to let those clinical rotations fall off your resume is around that nine months to one year mark, which is certainly not a rule by any means, but I would say for that person who's been working for eight months or so, if they have some quality skills to feature that they have gained in that first role that will make them qualified for whatever they're going to next, then maybe they don't need to include their clinicals anymore. But if it's a dramatic shift or, you know, maybe they didn't have as much experience in that first position as they Mm -hmm. would like to, then maybe including them is a better idea. Yeah. I'm thinking of maybe that person who graduated, got a job in ortho and, but their dream is L&D. Mm-hmm. And they did their preceptorship, you know, a couple hundred hours in L&D. I feel like that person maybe would want to include that. Definitely. Um, because it is such a shift from what they're currently doing. Okay, thank you. That is fantastic. Okay, here's a question that comes up a lot. Um, and I don't know if this is an old school thing to put your objective at the top of your resume. Objective, seeking a position in a dynamic environment with a team atmosphere, you know, how that is. Is that what people are doing now? Or is it more writing a brief summary and doing that elevator pitch about why you're so amazing? So that has definitely evolved over time. So objective statements have really fallen out of favor. We're not really doing that as much anymore because it's really talking about what we want and what we're looking for. Right. And what that summary statement does, which is a little bit more, like you said, like an elevator pitch, it talks more about the value that you're bringing to the employer. And it just has a little bit of a perspective shift as opposed to talking about, here's what I want and what I'm looking for. You're and then you're instead saying, here's what I'm bringing to you and to your organization. So yes. you might include your years of experience, some qualities that you have that help you stand out uh, and a few things that maybe align with the mission statement or the particular objective of the unit, mm-hmm. you know, there's a few phrasing tweaks that can um, that can really improve upon that statement, so that the hiring manager can read that and say, "Oh, that's really someone who would fit in well here." Right, and that should be a pretty short statement, right? Like mm-hmm. two sentences, maybe. Yeah, two to okay. four sentences. Okay, so very short. Okay, perfect. And then um, when you're looking at that student, that new grad nurse who really wants to stand out. In addition to doing that summary statement, I've, I've seen, you know, kind of two schools of thought. Do you make like a, a you know, a fancy graphically designed resume or do you do the traditional black and white type resume? So I like 
something that's a little bit in the middle. Okay. So I think that a heavily graphic designed resume with colors and a headshot is, is really not appropriate for our industry. Not it's, it stands out, but in a way that is a little bit peculiar as a as opposed to something that looks polished and and professional. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas, you know, something that's just the, the same font, the same sizes throughout with very little attention to the format is maybe going to also be overlooked as not having much attention to detail. So there's a way to find that middle ground, whether it's by having your, your name stand out in a larger font or using um, lines as a way to divide the sections or using capital letters. Okay. Um, I have a few designed templates that are, are formatted already for folks that um, takes the guesswork out of that. The other thing that I'll say about that though, is depending on how you're applying, the the person on the other end might not see the format anyway. If mm -hmm. if you're applying through something that's more of an online application form yes. where it's your information filled in, some of that becomes a little bit less relevant um, to the process. Okay. Uh, that's exactly how my hospital does it. You basically just punch everything into form fields and then you can upload a PDF of your resume if, if, if you choose. But for the most part, I'm pretty sure someone's just looking at the form fields on that, right. that computer-generated application. Okay, so can you just tell us real quick, top to bottom, like the key sections of a resume so that the new grad nurse doesn't miss a key element that someone's looking for? Sure. So at the very top should be your name. Okay. Underneath that, some sort of subheading that says who you are. So you, depending on when you're sending this, you may not have credentials after your name yet, but maybe under your name, you're going to put registered nurse candidate, for okay. example. Uh, under that, you should have your identifying information. So your city and state, your phone number, a professional email address. Thank you um, for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> which which doesn't mean like at a university or at a school, but something that's not like something silly at hotmail.com. Right. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, you might have made your email address from Hotmail when you were in seventh grade. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's, so it's just time to upgrade. <laughs> go to Gmail, make it, you know, first name, last name or something yeah. really simple. Um, and then plus or minus a LinkedIn profile link. If oh, I was going to ask that. about LinkedIn. Yes, so I love, that's love LinkedIn. Yes. Okay, great. Uh, you'll also have your education. So things, degrees that you've gotten in the past or that are in process or progress, mm -hmm. your clinical rotations, if you are a new graduate, uh, work experience, if um, you have that mm -hmm. to include, licenses and certifications. So um, that includes your, your registered nursing license. If you have that, if it's pending, let's say you've you know, taken your boards, but haven't gotten your license yet, you can put pending or pending okay. examination if you want to do that. Um, and you want to include things like BLS, ACLS, any of those extras, if you mm -hmm. have them. And then uh, another section that's great to include is uh, either professional development or community service, volunteerism. If you have any of those extra things, those are, are great to include. And, and professional development is a nice catch-all that you can include any of those extra participatory activities that you've done. And those are, I would say, the core, uh, the core elements okay. of a resume. When you say it, it sounds so doable. Okay, so how awesome was that? Amanda had some fantastic information for you about building your resume. And it sounds like even if you don't have any healthcare experience, you can still build a really powerful resume. So I want to thank her for that. And then the number five way that you can stand out as that new grad RN, and then there's actually a little bonus thing at the end that she and I talk about, and that is to write a very compelling cover letter. So let's see what Amanda has to say for us about that. Now I want to move on and talk about cover letters because I've done, um, you know, some hiring in my past career. And this feels like a place that is often a very missed opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I think it can be such a fantastic way to connect. So can you first tell us what is, why, why do you need a cover letter? Isn't everything in your resume? 
This is such a great question. And and yes, I love cover letters. Cover letters are still a thing, even in 2022. I get asked that all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, the cover letter is an opportunity for you to tell your story and connect with someone in a more narrative way. Okay. okay. Our resumes are very much informational bullet points. There's, there's not much of a narrative there. Uh, whereas a cover letter is and can be a little bit more of a story. Mm-hmm. And that's what we as humans are wired to connect with and identify with is, is storytelling. And that's what's memorable. I so I'm not saying that you have to, you know, write and craft this very elaborate speech or, or even an essay. But if you view your cover letter as an opportunity to tell your nursing story, then, um, it's really, like you said, an opportunity to connect with whoever's on the other end. I love it. Okay. So I'm writing a cover letter. I imagine the header is going to have all that same stuff, my name, my, how to reach me, my LinkedIn, if I've got that. And then I want to get their attention. So that first paragraph, those first few sentences are so important. Do you have any tips for luring them in? Yes. I think a hook is, is really, really great. That's kind of the the first statement that's going to lure them in and some prompts, some phrases that can be really helpful to come up with that would be something like, um, ever since I was fill in the blank. So maybe you have a story of your inspiration to enter nursing that started when you were a young, mm-hmm. a youngster, right? So ever since I was 12 years old, I have dreamt about being a nurse because of X, Y, Z. So something that's going to catch the interest and have them read on as Love opposed it. to I'm writing to formally apply to your job posting number 4342. <laughs> you know, that's not really um, too exciting. So, so that's the first prompt ever since I was and see where that takes you. The other prompt that would be really great if, especially if you maybe are switching careers or want to highlight something different is you could say, uh, I've always been the type of person who, and, and fill in the blank from there and, and see what that brings up for you that you can bring into your cover letter as a way to kick off, um, and start it as a little bit of an introduction. And then from there, you can go into some details about your background. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you can go into your specific interest and specific value in whichever position you're, you're applying to, you know, write how you identify with them and how, you know, you want to work collaboratively to, to help their patients. So that's a little bit of a framework to follow. I love that. And that's, it seems like that's so manageable, whether you've got healthcare experience or not, or have ever had a job before or not, you can write a letter like that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Okay. That's fantastic. Cause I think a lot of students get a little intimidated by that if they don't have experience. So that was beautiful. Thank you so much. And then we want to close the sale, right? You want to close that letter and get them to call you for an interview. Is it acceptable to do that ask in a cover letter? So usually in a cover letter, because it's a little bit more formal Mm -hmm. um, and you're not really expecting a direct response from the letter Mm -hmm. as opposed to an email. And I'll get to that in a second. From the letter, you can definitely close, but you aren't necessarily going to make an ask and end with a question mark. Okay. So to speak, right. Um, but you could close out a cover letter by saying something to the effect of, you know, I'm looking forward to speaking with you further about how we can work together to improve outcomes for cancer patients at university hospital or something like that. Like show that you are interested and collaborative and that you want to move forward and And learn more. Exactly. And that you have that same outcome in mind, right? You know, that's the little bit extra step as opposed Mm -hmm. to saying, you know, uh, I look forward to you considering my candidacy for this position. Take it that little extra step and say, look forward to talking to you about how we can work together to improve outcomes for these patients at your institution. Because I guarantee you that's the manager's goal 100% for their unit. Absolutely. Improving patient outcomes. Yeah. So you're Um, just repeating back to them what you really already know. Yes. And then I think that helps them kind of envision you as a member of the team, 
kind mm-hmm. of already. So Definitely. I love that. That's absolutely gold. And then what was, I had one more question about cover letters. Oh, what if you don't know who to address it to? I, I know it's not going to be dear sir or madam, but can you tell us? <laughs> You'd be surprised. So, so please don't write, don't write dear sir, sir or madam. That is, you know, obviously out of date. It's not inclusive. Um, to whom it may concern, very impersonal. Mm-hmm. I like um, to the hiring team at. Okay. Or to the nurse recruitment team. Okay. Or nurse recruitment department. So if you kind of address address it as a team as opposed to one person, then you're probably not going to be wrong. And it's not as stuffy as to whom it may concern. Okay. Because again, you're you're personalizing it, you know, to the nursing recruitment team at University Hospital. I think that's great. I would have never, ever, ever thought of that. <laughs> I don't think I would have written your serum Adam, though. I just want to <laughs> say. <laughs> okay. One more question in general, and then I know you've got maybe some things that you want to add, but let's talk a little bit about the follow-up. Oh, I love the follow-up. The thank you letter, the thank you email. What does that look like in 2022? When I was a new grad, I mean, I'm not that old, but it was an actual letter that I hand delivered to the unit. So what, what do people do now? What's the best way? Yeah. So, so we're, we're talking about following up after either, you know, a phone interview mm-hmm. or an in-person interview. That's really the best time to kick off this follow-up process. And you can either do a handwritten note, which is nice, or a hand, not a handwritten or an email after, mm-hmm. after about a day, send it within a day or two. Okay. And I used to, really love the handwritten note. And I still do. So there's, you know, I had, I got to tell this story. What my first NP job, um, when I had my very first day and I was meeting with my supervising physician on my first day in his office, um, he had my thank you note pinned to his corkboard. And I just thought that that was like such a nice moment because it, really reinforced to me that what I did was memorable and that it made a difference. So I can't ever say, don't send a handwritten note. Um, but what an email does that a handwritten note, note does not do as well is opens up that conversation to be continued, right? It's much easier for someone to, someone's not going to write you a note to thank you for your handwritten thank you note, but they might reply to your email. Um, so either one of those is fine. And, and what you're saying is you're thanking them for their time. And if this is true, you're reiterating your interest in the position. So if after the interview, you really aren't still interested, you can still thank them, but mm-hmm. don't tell them that you're still really interested Correct. if you're not. Okay. <laughs> Would this be a good time? Let's say something came up in the interview and you've given it some more thought and now you've got something really applicable to say about it. Would this be a time to say, Something like circling back to our conversation about patient outcomes, I blah, 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 blah. Absolutely. If there's something that you want to underscore that mm-hmm. came up that you want to make sure that it that your message really landed, you can absolutely reiterate that. Or let's say there's an there's something that you blanked on or you forgot to include something That's really me. important. That happens <laughs> bl- to all of us, right? <laughs> I blank no matter what. Ask me what my favorite book is and I will not be able to think of a single book I've ever read. So <laughs> Right. So you could say I was thinking more about our conversation about whatever the question was and wanted to take just a quick note to tell you that and, and, and make it quick. Don't, you know, write pages and pages, not write a novel, (laughs) but yeah, you can certainly use that. Thank you email or thank you note as a little bit of redemption if you need it. I love that. Okay. Anything I haven't brought up any tip, any advice or word of encouragement that you would share with a new graduate heading out into this job market. So I would say that, first of all, you're doing great. <laughs> uh, we are we are cheering for you. We are on your side, right? Um, I would also say that, you know, it's not all about your resume. It's not all about your cover letter. So while, yes, it's important to spend some time on getting these things ready, 
try to think about it in the context of, of the bigger picture, which Mm -hmm. means that you're, you know, you're coming up with a a bit of a strategy for your job search and that you're actually applying for positions. And if you have any network connections that you can lean on, uh, make sure everybody knows that you're looking for a job. Right. So don't be shy when you're in clinical, let the manager know. I love this unit. I'd love to work here. Yes, absolutely. They'll remember you. Yeah. I think that a lot of times we can get a little bit too much in our heads and think that the time we spend thinking about applying for jobs counts. Um, but the, what actually counts is the time we're spending doing the activities, right? Yes. Doing the applications, talking to people, sending our resume places. So don't forget to do all those things. Don't spend too much time up in your head. Make sure you're getting things done. Yes. I love it. Okay. So let's have you tell everybody where to find you. Sure. So that they can go check out what you have to offer. Yes. So if you want to follow along on social media, I'm most active on Instagram at the resume RX. Would love if you followed me there. And for more blog posts, resources, resume templates, interview prep stuff, you can head to my website, theresumerx.com. And we have a coupon code to feature. So if you uh, are interested in purchasing the resume template bundle, you can use the code straight a to get 20% off. And what's in that bundle, Amanda? Oh, so it's a bundle of six different resume template designs awesome. and it, they're all visually different, but the content is the same. And I have prompts so that you know what to put where, and it has some bonus trainings about the applicant tracking system and a few other things that we didn't get a chance to talk to today. So it's definitely the next step if you need it. Awesome. It sounds like there's a lot for people to go to your website to explore. And yes, use that coupon code straight A to get 20% off. And again, it's resumerx.com, correct? It's actually the resume the rx. Resumerx.com. <laughs> okay. Got that, everybody? The resumerx.com. Thank you, Amanda. That was so enlightening. I don't anticipate that I will ever need your services, but if I ever do, if I ever go looking for another job, 100%, I'm making your website my first stop. Thank you for having me. So there you have it. Some resume tips from a true expert. Not just resume tips, cover letter tips, follow-up thank you letter, thank you email tips. So thanks again to Amanda and thanks again to HCA Healthcare for sponsoring this episode. You can take what you learned from Amanda about building your resume and maybe apply to one of their jobs. So I hope to see you here next week. We are going to be talking about some more of the secrets of successful nursing student. I started this series a while back, and I am continuing it here with three, there will be three secrets of successful nursing students discussed next week. So you can apply these whether you're a brand new student or returning for another fun-filled semester. So if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, if you do, it'll show up for you automatically like magic on Thursday morning. I'll see you then. Bye for now. This podcast is brought to you by Straight A Nursing.